Today, Adam is gonna do our session, but before we get to that, I wanted to jump on and remind you about JoyFest that is coming up at the end of this month. Now, many of you will have done JoyFest before, but if you haven't, JoyFest is an initiative by the churches in Exeter to do nice things, acts of joy for our communities and then help them join the dots between that nice thing we've done and the church in the city. We want people to just have an opportunity to experience things that will brighten their day, make them smile, but know that it's part of the effect of having the church in the city, that the church is good news because God is good news. And the way, the, what makes it really simple to do is just to do normal, everyday, nice things, you know, just like a little bit of extra effort to serve someone or give them a gift or bring in food or something like that. And then you can say, oh, I'm, I'm doing this because it's part of Joyfest. The churches in the city just want to brighten people's day. And you can give them one of these cards. You can have a stack full of these cards to give away. New this year as well as we've got these challenge cards, which just have some things you can tick off to see if you can do all the things. It's just different ways of doing um, acts of joy to different sorts of people. So just to make it really simple. This year we're doing two weeks instead of one, starting from Monday the 27th of June. It's not that you have to do twice as much, it just means it spreads it out and we can pace ourselves a little bit and uh, just look for opportunities that we might be able to be a blessing to people. Jesus said, Let your light shine before all people so they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It's really not complicated. Do an act of joy for someone, a friend, a neighbour, a colleague, or even a stranger, and then tell them it's part of Joyfest. The church does so many good things in the city, but this week we want to share the joy. Everyone loves to experience joy. And of course we do, we're made for it. So in fun, creative and simple ways, we're going to bring joy to make someone smile and brighten their day. So be praying for the whole thing, the people that are going to interact with the church, some of them for the first time, some of them who didn't even know there was really church in the city. Be praying for the whole thing and also be praying about your involvement. What opportunities does God have for you to do and who might you do it to? Because maybe God has things going on right around you that you haven't, you're not aware of. And as we tune in, as we, as we surrender in prayer, maybe he'll get us to do some of those things. Now, we have those cards, if you need those cards or one of those challenge cards, we have them at our Sunday service on Sunday the 19th and at our weekend away. If you're not gonna be at either of those events and you want them, then get in touch with us at admin at x.vin and we'll arrange for you to collect or to drop off some of these cards for you. Happy Sunday, or whatever day you are watching this. Uh, my name's Adam, and Dave has asked me to uh, give the next talk in the series uh, as we're focusing on overflow. Now, overflow is a term that we are using uh, instead of evangelism. We're looking at being missional uh, in this current sermon series, 
uh, and we're talking about evangelism and how do we share our faith with others. And we're particularly, as Dave has already said, looking towards Joyfest. Now, um, overflow is a term we're using to define uh, evangelism or the, you know, G Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. It's really one of our primary responsibilities as Christians, as written down in the Bible, is to share our faith with others. Uh, and so we're going to be looking at that today. You know, why should we do that? How do we do that? That sort of thing. Now, uh, overflow uh, is how our life lived with God leaks out into the world around us. We can choose to either keep God bottled up and wait uh, to go to heaven, or we can uh, choose to share our faith with others um, and allow our, our, uh, God's goodness to flow out to those around us, as I say. Now, I feel like I have been encouraged uh, in a few ways over the last few years uh, with this subject. And so I'm hoping that I can share something of the sort of spark that God has given me about this. And it is just still a spark, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm hoping that I can share some, something of what's been going on with me so that I can hopefully encourage you to uh, think about how you might be able to overflow to those around you. So... Um, my first question uh, really is why? Why overflow at all? Um, John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, always talks about how um, the, our deepest desire, humanity's deepest de desire is to be known, and know, known by and know God. Now, sometimes that's funny, sometimes for me, that doesn't feel true, you know, is that my deepest desire? But he says that that is what God breathed into every single human on this planet, a desire to know God and be known by God. And so that's a real challenge is, why should we share our faith? Why is it important? So the first question I have is, do we believe that God is the most important thing in our life? Why is he worth sharing? I think that's a real challenge. And I've been challenged to maybe write down uh, ways that God has spoken to me, you know, journal, my life lived with God and how he makes a difference in my life so that when it comes to, you know, talking to my friends, colleagues or whatever, if I have a similar situation where I was able to process it with God, rely on God or something, I can say, oh yeah, I don't know how I would have got through that, but God came through for me or but I had faith that things were going to work out okay. So I really believe that knowing why we love God is probably the most important thing for overflow. Anyway, um, we're going to look at three things uh, this morning, um, but I'm just going to read the Bible verse. It's just blown down here on the floor. Um, so it is uh, from Matthew 5, it's verse 14 to 16, um, and I'm going to read it from the message version. And it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going to make this thing public, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there, on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. 
So I don't know if you know the original or the, the NIV translation. It would usually say something along the lines of do good works uh, so that people may see your father in heaven. And I've always sort of struggled with that passage a bit because what if they just think I'm a nice person? How do they see my father in heaven? I really like what the message says here that says by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. And certainly that's uh, something I'll come to in a minute. That's, that's more what I've seen in my life. So, as I said, I want to look at three things. I want to look at God, then look at ourselves and look at others. So I've been really encouraged by reading a lot of, um, I guess, spirit, uh, Christian spirituality books recently. Um, I've been encouraged particularly by a book called, uh, I think it's called Silent Compassion, um, by a Franciscan monk called Richard Raw. But in it, he quotes another person, and he has this quote that says, it's talking about Francis of Assisi, actually. The Franciscan movement was founded by Francis of Assisi. Uh, and Francis of Assisi would talk about brother, son, and sister moon, how we're connected to nature. That actually there is no us and them when it comes to humans and animals, that God is intimately involved in all. And there is this quote that says, God does not uh, create genus and species. God only creates this, this frog this moment, this dog. And the fact that this dog is persisting and being in this moment means that God is choosing it and loving it now or it would fall into oblivion. And I think that's a wonderful description of how God is at work in everything, in all created order. God is holding everything in his mind and holding it together. He knows everything that's going on, every blade of grass, every human being, and he's holding them in his mind. Now, um, I realised something, perhaps from my own uh, upbringing, my traditional background maybe, I don't really know where it came from, but I realised that somewhere inside I thought that God was only work at work in Christians' lives and not non-Christians' lives. I mean, I sort of knew he would work in non-Christians' life, but I thought maybe only in specific circumstances. But I've come to realise recently that actually says, when I knitted you together in your mother's womb, that's every single human on the planet. And so God is intimately at work with each individual person on this planet. He is at work in their life. And I think that's a really important first step to remember, that when we're thinking about overflow, God is already in that person that we're thinking, oh gosh, are they, are they gonna hate what I'm about to say? Or are they gonna hate the fact that I'm gonna pray for them? Now God is at work. God promises he's already there in their life at work. We don't know how deep, we don't know how far in the recesses of their brain or their soul, but God is at work. The second bit of encouragement, I think, is for ourselves. The passage doesn't tell, tell us to be light. It says we are light. In an earlier passage, it says we are salt. We have no choice about it. And that's where hiding your light under a bowl comes in. Jesus talks about um, you know, hiding, hiding your light under a bowl, and that seems funny. I remember Dave preached on this a few years ago, and it really struck me when, when Dave pointed out that Jesus wasn't, you know, uh, Marie Kondo or Ikea. He wasn't some interior designer. He hadn't just come up with some new way of using light. That Everyone before had been putting a light under a bowl, and Jesus was the first one to say, no, no, put it in the middle of the room, light it up. No, Jesus was kind of making an obvious point that we don't cover our light up, which means we don't cover up things that were made to do something in public. And so Jesus is saying, we are light. And so 
often we think of evangelism, we think, oh gosh, I'm going to be a bit of a weirdo. You know, people are going to think I'm weird if I'm doing evangelism. But I think the opposite is true. If we believe this stuff, if we go to church, if, if this is part of who we are, then not, then put in the bowl over the light, that's the weird choice. I don't know if you've ever um, told someone you're a Christian years after knowing them. It feels really weird. It's a bit like when Dave talked about overflow and the, the salad bowl, putting up the lettuce leaves to hold everything in. That is a bit the same as you know, that feeling when, uh, when you want to say something, you want to say, oh yeah, can I pray for you right now? But you hold it back. A bit the same is when someone says, well, when you tell someone you're a Christian and they've known you for ages, it's really weird. You realize that you've held something back of yourself. And so that our natural instinct when we know God is to overflow. As much as uh, with the salad bowl, you know, putting the salad leaves around the Pizza Hut bowl and holding it in, that instinct to say, oh, can I pray for you right now? It's a real encouragement that your instinct is to do that. That's the natural overflow. The same when we're sharing people about faith, well, that we have a faith. It is weird to not tell people. And it sets up a very odd social dynamic if you ever have to do it. And I've done it numerous times and it is very awkward at that point. Um, Dave also spoke a few, uh, a while ago again, of God has created you who you are. Now the term evangelist, we think of street preachers, we think, oh gosh, I can't do that. Um, it's all very, it can feel very intimidating. But God isn't asking you to be something that you're not. God is asking you to be, you to be who you are. Evangelism, like street preaching, requires rampant extrovertness. Um, and does that mean that God is ex excluding or discounting introverts? No, not at all. We all share in our own way because we are made who we are, but we are light. And so we just need to share and overflow in the way that feels almost natural. So don't be a weirdo. Don't put your lighter under a bowl. Overflow naturally in your way. You don't have to be street preaching or Bible bashing, but you do want to look for opportunities to link how life is experienced by those around us with God and how we find that comforting or restorative or, or whatever. And so finally, other people. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk at the minute in, in stuff that I'm reading online or whatever. It talks about the people aren't looking for information anymore. They're looking for an experience. We're in a post-truth culture, Donald Trump, you know, fake news, all of that. But everyone is looking for meaning. They're looking for something to tie this human experience to, to make them feel part of something bigger. You know, that's why football stadiums are full of so many people, because they feel part of something bigger. It's why the rise of yoga and mindfulness, because they feel part of a spiritual experience together. It's, it's church, really. You know, it's a group of people coming together, just not a God-focused church. Um, and as I said earlier, God is at work in everyone already. God's already at work. He's in their life. He's chipping away. Uh, there's a really nice uh, image um, uh, from, uh, from this book that, we've been, uh, that I've been reading. Uh, and it's uh, from Van Gogh, the painter. And uh, he was an introvert. He was a painter. Um, most people say that the, impact, the godly impact, he was a Christian, the godly impact of his work 
is really most felt after his death, as many, many people have uh, experienced his paintings. Um, but he said that um, his job was to tend the inner fire, to kindle the fire and keep it burning, to make sure that he had a relationship with God. And he said, even if there's a tiny trail of smoke coming from the chimney, it's enough to let a traveller on a weary journey come and warm themselves by it. And his point was, he's an introvert, he was an artist, uh, he wasn't a great evangelist or a preacher. Um, but what he could do was tend his inner fire and know why God was the most important thing to him, so that if someone came and had a conversation with him, he was able to share why God made a difference in his life. So, just to uh, say, well, what does being a light look like? Well, in my life, um, uh, Josh shared uh, last Sunday about setting up a, a prayer group in, in his school. I've similarly set up a Biosciences Christian Fellowship uh, after a long time of God badgering me about it. Um, and it's sort of been underwhelming, but also it's sort of been everything. I have a faith community at work now. We talk about how faith and work and uh, departmental politics, how they all interact. And we, we just have a chat. It's not huge, but it is also advertised in the Biosciences Monthly Newsletter now. Um, and so there is a place where people can access faith um, and perhaps come and have some conversations. Uh, we haven't had any non-Christians yet, but it's a place uh, for people to have conversations about God at work. Um, <coughs> similarly, uh, some of the best conversations I've had have been at 11 o'clock at night on field work with colleagues, having a beer, and we get talking about life. And, we, and, and they know I'm a Christian because I've told them. And so it comes round to it, you know, hey, why are you a Christian? Can you tell me about that? Uh, I had a colleague come to me and ask me, uh, I've been asked to uh, be a godmother for someone, but I don't, I don't believe in God. So, you know, why is that? How can I square that, you know, morally? And I said, absolutely. You know, these people see something in you that they want you to impart to their child. And God is, as I said, God is at work in everyone. It's not an us and them scenario. Uh, I had a friend when I worked at the North Face a long time ago. Uh, I used to invite him to church uh, and he started coming. He said to me he started coming because there were a lot of attractive 20-something ladies there. Um, but I remember one Sunday he said, uh, Adam, it's funny, James the pastor was preaching to everyone, but it felt like he was preaching just to me. Now, I don't know where his story is anymore. I don't know whether he's come into a more fullness of, of knowing God, but that was God at work in his life then and there. And he came along because, really, because he knew I was a Christian and I invited him one time. Um, so, I don't know, those are some small stories. Um, they're fairly uneventful, unimpactful, really. Um, but that's how God has been overflowing in my life, and that's the reality of it. It's not big and it's not impressive, and um, nothing much has happened. But I'm trying to be faithful and to not hold back, not be a weirdo and put a ball over my light. And I just really encourage you to do the same. So let me pray for us. Father God, um, I pray the last lines of that Bible passage, that we would keep open house, that we'd be generous with our lives, that by opening up to others, it will prompt people to open up with you, our generous Father in heaven. Father, I pray that we wouldn't be weird and, and cover up our Christianity as some sinful shame, 
because it's not. I pray that we would have courage and belief that you are already at work in everyone's life. And Father, um, I pray that you would just really help us um, be brave and take opportunities uh, in all of life, but especially in this Joyfest season coming up to uh, demonstrate something of you, to be the light in the workplace or with our friends or with our family or whatever it is, Lord Jesus. We ask all of that in your precious